Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Or does evil end tonight when we finally celebrate the night he comes home to die? It's Halloween Ends on Normies Like Us. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. You pretend like you moved on, but you're actually just obsessed with death. This time, he's more dangerous. He killed my daughter. I will kill him. Fans are gonna lose their fucking minds. You heard it up top. We are once again returning to Haddonfield, Illinois, as we celebrate that spooky night that comes once a year. But along with that night comes... Michael Myers, because we're talking Halloween ends here on Normies Like Us with your hosts, um, Sheriff Colin. You know, low-hanging fruit, Mike Myers. <laughs> mm, perfect. Uh, and this is Jay Cobb Lee Curtis. Hey, uh, I like that. Not a character, but you know. I love that silver hair. You look great tonight. Mm-hmm. That's right. Cherry Blossoms. Right in your book. Yep, yep. Very good. So we're talking uh, the conclusion of the David Gordon Green Halloween sequel trilogy that disregards all other Halloween sequels. You know, so it's just the original movie in these three. This is the big wrap up. And uh, last year we talked every single Halloween movie, right? So, you know, how was that for you last year? Kind of bring listeners up to speed. I had never seen all of them, but we did a whole marathon. And now we're here to look at the, quote, end of this franchise, Jacob. And that's right. Just now wondering. Halloween's a big deal. It right? is for this podcast. Yeah, and I'm thinking yeah. we'll get into the review of this movie. But we were talking about you know spooky stuff, Texas Chainsaw, you know, and stuff, uh, Pinhead, uh, Hellraiser, and then I'm thinking of all the horror franchises that have been around forever. It feels like Halloween was the one that was in the best shape. I say, you know, in 2022. Um, had the most kind of cultural significance still. It had kind of new movies coming out that were, you know, maybe mixed, but they were in the conversation. So we'll review this latest one, but Halloween does feel like it has kind of a a leg up on brand recognition compared to some of these other franchises. For sure. Yeah. And Spooktober continues on this podcast, as you're saying as well, we're continuing covering horror movie stuff. And like you're saying, Mike, Halloween 2018 kind of kicked us into where we are now, where it did embolden these people to go, what's the deal with the rights to Leatherface? Is there anything we can scramble and do right now? Is there, you know, anything on the planet? And we got these legacy sequels, you know, this mm-hmm. entire genre that has sort of been micro-created coming out. Again, we're going to talk, we're going to talk, we're going to talk. Mm-hmm. But Halloween, it's coming from the place of Halloween, which we talked about. I mean, we did Leatherface, Mike, where we said, that's not the progenerator. Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw kind of is because it comes first. But we we mentioned the the heights that Halloween brings to this genre, of course. It lays the slasher template down, yes. which Texas Chainsaw did not do, but kind of that no. an indie horror movie can make a splash, let's say. That's a Texas yeah. thing. But then this really set the template and pretty much every franchise after has been a derivative of it. So, you know, we're back in Haddonfield. Jacob, how do you feel about Halloween as a franchise? Um, well, you know, normies go back and listen to our episode last year. Uh, I'd 13 recommend that. movies we watched or something. Yeah. That's right. Um, if you want to know all our detailed opinions of those movies. It's maybe but, um, three hours long. Is that true? It's a <laughs> Probably. Jumbo. It was kind of a mega episode for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but you know, I have, you know, I, I love the original, obviously mixed feelings about a lot of the sequels as in any horror franchise that has, <laughs> you know, so many sequels, but there's some, some good ones in there. I think, uh, we have some mixed opinions about certain eras, like the Rob Zombie era, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the Thorn era, maybe, or Halloween 3 yeah. being very good. Well, we all agree on that one. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Halloween 3, <laughs> classic. but uh, Underrated. Yeah. Cool, cool. But yeah, we're, we're here to talk the, the latest Halloween, I say. You know, there's no delay. Halloween comes once a year, trick or treat. Let's uh, hit it. Head over to the Myers house and talk. Halloween ends. We're back. We're talking Halloween ends here on Normies Like Us. But before we get to the end, ooh, look at that spooky shirt Mike's rocking right now, Halloween style. Mm -hmm. Uh, For our viewers on YouTube, check that out. Uh, But before we get to the end of Halloween Ends, let's talk a little bit about the history. So Mike alluded to it up top. This particular film series, of course, in these horror episodes we do on Normies Like Us, where we have to be like, this is this timeline (laughs) we're in, this is this timeline we're in. This is Halloween's the OG franchise with that, because truly, Jacob, you said it. There are 15 different versions of them. We all feel 15 different ways. Mm -hmm. Right. The ones we're going to talk about today that, quote unquote, are impacted are the original 1978 film, Halloween. Mm-hmm. For some reason, not Halloween 2. Do we know why? I guess just because Ben Trainer is still like well, alive. Ha- Halloween, is 2 is Halloween 2 is where it's, it's revealed that Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' oh, sister. And they just don't want any yeah. of that. Yeah. Of and course. I think that's smart. Jacob, of course. That, yeah. that absolutely makes sense. So scrap that. So we cut literally just from the first one to a remake called. 2018 Halloween. And and that's what we said. It's this legacy sequel. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that thing happened. We're going to quote unquote, take the originals and basically kind of make the movie again in, in modern day. Yeah. You get, uh, the Strode family, but now there's, you know, a daughter and a granddaughter and, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is kind of recluse, Laurie Strode, but the plot beats are the same as the first one. Michael gets out, goes on a rampage, face off. Somehow he escapes. They didn't shoot him six times, but you know, he, uh, that, that's that <laughs> there's one. a crazy doctor. Yeah. There's some crazy, <laughs> there is a crazy doctor. Then, uh, Halloween yeah. ends is the sequel and that's 2020, yes. right? Halloween kills. Halloween kills. Sorry. Halloween kills. Halloween 2020. Kills. Uh, evil dies to its name. Evil dies evil tonight. Dies. Halloween quote unquote, evil dies tonight is what it's called. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But tonight and maybe four years later, but yeah, evil dies tonight. Uh, 2020. <laughs> It's got the biggest body um, count, but it has a lot of issues plot wise. Yeah. Yeah. The main thing I remember about that one is um, the, the kid, Tommy, as a grown up, kind of getting a, a, a gang of people to try to take on Michael Myers and then them all getting like murdered immediately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of a lot of a lot of kill scenes and stuff, which. Uh, well, which Jacob, fun. I remember a large group of people certainly saying something. Now, what is it that they were <laughs> chanting? Now, that is alluding to me. Was it something about evil? And what was, was it evil doing? kills tonight? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> evil is no more once the eve is done. Once again. Yeah. Once yeah. the eve is passed, evil shan't be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they lead him up. Tommy Doyle's uh, the kid that Laurie was babysitting, right? Yes, not Paul movie. Rudd. Not Paul Rudd. No. Uh, there's probably a steel pipe in this. At least that's a reference to the Paul Rudd, obviously. Uh, right. 
defeating Michael Myers. But uh, mixed reception on that plotting and, you know, surprise, evil doesn't die. And there's a big jump scare where he kills Laurie's daughter. And then dot, 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 four years later is where ends comes up. But I did want to highlight there was originally a plan to have maybe just two movies and it would be spanning over the same single evening, kind of like Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 classic. Right. Uh, then that at some point became three. But I like the idea of three movies over the arc of one night just as a thing. Yeah. But yeah. that's not what we get. That's interesting. I mean, the first two, don't they take place like right after, like Halloween kills mm-hmm. and like right after Halloween, basically? And I yeah. believe there's some... we have a time jump. Yeah, I think there was something with the pandemic where they couldn't really get it, shoot it at that same time or whatever. So they decided to push it, which I think does affect the plotting of this um, and the way it fits in as a trilogy. We'll, we'll talk more wow. when we get into the movie proper. But yeah, um, yes. Let's just say real quick, where are we? So before we go into this yeah. promised conclusion, we're like, it's ramping up. It's been uh, a year, only a year since we saw the last film. We saw Kills, you know, where were you with that? Mm-hmm. But how have you been feeling about these David Gordon Green films so far, Mike? Um, I, I kind of liked him. I'm more charitable. I even think towards Halloween Kills than a lot of people. Um, maybe just because it's campy. But I, I, I'm fine with them. Um, and I think they're my favorite timeline. Uh, but there are kind of with the new movie and we'll get into it that they're, they're not really a very tight trilogy. I kind of like have to look at each one in a vacuum regardless, yeah. you know, so. Um, yeah, I kind of liken this trilogy in a lot of ways to the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy hmm. um, where it starts off with a sort of rehash uh legacy remake kind of mm-hmm. right with, with halloween which i like probably the most out of these three and i probably liked each one consecutively less in this trilogy the box would agree i think um which is a little different wow. for, for me for star wars because i like last jedi but uh i think maybe halloween kills the or it, it I think does actually the halloween most ends different is, i would say in, in that way it's similar to yeah. well, i think halloween ends is actually the last jedi of this trilogy because it tries to do different things <laughs> Um, and so maybe Halloween Kills is uh, the rise of Star Wars because it's just too much. It's just goofy. Too fast yeah. Goofy. Yeah. 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 Maybe. <laughs> Very okay. possibly. Yeah. But uh, so I kind of see it in the same way as that. They're all flawed in some way, but, you know, interesting yeah. still. But Colin, how do you well, feel like about the PDG trilogy? Yeah. Well, I just love what Jacob just said. And was that 2017 Force Awakens? Because 15, maybe that Trump 2015. Yeah. 20, so that's the legacy Last Jedi was creator. That That is the reason we ha- even have Halloween. That's I, a I template. guarantee you, Jacob. Yep. Um, I, I'm, I am, I am into these. That first one, you know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, host Joe, who's not with us, uh, has been saying off pod that he thinks the order of these are screwed up. I yeah. disagree with that because mm. I think this the twist of the first film to be, yes, I'm presenting as this lion, but you know, really, I'm kind of an old coot and I'm alone and. I guess I'm just going to die here. Just kidding. It was all a trap, Michael. Die now. I think that's super effective. And when I watch yeah. that, I'm like, this movie's good. The performances across the board are good. It's got an interesting story, interesting character work. I like where they put everybody. I like where they end up. And yeah. Hills is just that thing where, like, I should say, haven't seen the extended cut, which which seems to be out there and I guess seems to be much better, quote unquote. I don't mm, know. I haven't seen fan, fan reaction to all of these is just really across the board. But to, you know, mine to kills is like when I think about that movie, I think of like a 67 year old man on the ground 
while 20 people beat him up with pipes and that that movie ends with him getting away from those people. He's pure evil. Did you not listen to Loomis? Like, you fools, you couldn't beat up my grandfather. You couldn't beat up a guy who could like barely get away from you. I just remember that scene where he like grabs somebody's weapon as they're about to kill him. And it just turns into a bloodbath where I'm like, this is ridiculous. And of course, I mean, it's got to be said, the reveal that Michael is not interested in the girls. Yeah. It's not a He's strong not interested obsession. interested in Lori. Mm-mm. Well, that's it's not. It's not a sex obsession that what he wants to do, Jacob, is go to his sister's room and, and stare out, out the window. her window. <laughs> yeah, because that is what makes him feel really good. That <laughs> is where I'm like. I maybe don't even like any of the Halloween. So, movies. Oh. You think <laughs> well, if they would have had different. Yeah. Well, I'm saying if they switched yeah, bedrooms right. as children, he never probably would have killed her. <laughs> he would have been in the perfect spot. Yeah. Hey, yeah, just be obsessed. He just yeah. wanted that what room. I, yeah. What I do like yeah. about the first one is that, and this is why I don't think it can be. So another thing that Joe was saying was that he would have connected it to the HTO, H2O timeline mm-hmm. and just had the granddaughter be the daughter of Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett in that right. movie. <clears throat> um, the reason you can't do that is because the big difference in this one is that obviously the, the sister connection and, but also the idea that Michael Myers is obsessed with Laurie Strode turns out in this, in this one, she's actually obsessed with him. Right. And so she thinks he's yes. obsessed with her, but she's actually not. It was a totally random occurrence that he yeah. her and she her cannot let go of it. And I like and that. She is damaged. And I like that's, that and that's about the first one. And, and that continues into the other two as well. But I like that idea. Is H two O tied to two? Is there is there family in that one as well? H two O is my favorite two, timeline. Yeah, I think it is connected to two, but it doesn't really matter okay. as much. But, I, but the yeah. sister connection. connection. Yeah, yeah, but H two O is the best ending up to this point until they made that cop switch. Like the ending of H two O, if that was the end of it, it would be great. But then they're like, oh, well, we yeah, put a mask and they retcon it and whatever. Well, resurrection just sucks. So yeah, they yeah. Just stopped at H2O. So stop like, at H two O. Those you, three. Yeah. you bastards, you break my heart. But we're, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you know, I think some of the ideas with David Gordon Green trilogy are interesting with where they take these characters. And I guess yeah. now, maybe before we let's say rank the DGG whatever at the end, let's talk about the new one. Full spoilers. Yes. We're going to be talking Halloween ends now available on the cock. You know, Peacock four ninety nine. So going into <laughs> the like yep, truly after our episode where I'm like, Mike was the big defender of kills. Okay. That doesn't mean I didn't like this. I'm excited to see where it goes. The advertising and promises we are going to kill Michael. I would like to see how that's pulled off, especially with how, how that film was left off going into this. I was like, this is going to be great. I was hoping uh, so too. Yeah. So don't necessarily feel that way still, just to tip that hand. But were you yeah. guys, I mean, going into a film called Halloween Ends, like, super excited? We've we done all these movies. Don't you just want to be like, this is like a thing to finish. It's like checking off something on your to-do list, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't have super high expectations based on kills. You know, I didn't Gosh. love that movie. I thought, you know, it had some fun kills and stuff. Um, but well, I you win then, Jacob. Like you were correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think David Gordon Green he has a hard problem because he's trying to mix sort of this highbrow kind of uh, you know ideas into the series with the more lowbrow, crowd pleasing kills and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this movie has a lot less of you know a lot less kills, barely any by Michael at least. Yeah. Uh, uh, and 
I don't know. I don't know. Didn't didn't quite work for me, I don't think. Gotcha. Well, you know, I, I was excited about this. I think throughout the journey of last year, going through all the Halloween films, many of which I hadn't seen, um, you know, Texas Chainsaw is my favorite horror movie, but the Halloween franchise is my favorite franchise. I think Michael is like a fantastic idea, especially Loomis putting him over the shape and he's just pure evil. And like, you know, they're exploring that stuff. And with the David Gordon Green universe, it's at least being made by somebody who you can tell really loves the source material. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're trying to treat true. it with a reverence with a lot of time. It's just like, eh, bang out another sequel. So I can appreciate that. Not all the ideas land necessarily, but uh, they're coming at it from, I think, a genuine place. And I was excited yeah. to see how it was going to finish. But then you catch wind of like, oh, this is really bad or a YouTube thumbnail. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, but I think much like kills, I'm a lot more charitable towards this one than uh, a lot of other people. Mm. So I'll be I'll be defending you, Michael. Call me Corey Cunningham. Um, yeah, well, let's maybe get monster. into like what uh, what it is it about yeah. this movie that makes it kind of so different from a lot of the other. Well, let's sequels. talk about it. It yeah. starts exactly how every other Halloween film starts, not with an opening credit shot or an iconic score. No, a boy on a bicycle who's on his own separate adventure while we listen to like um, rock on the radio. Right, right, right. <laughs> No, I like um, the opening of this movie a lot, though, this opening. Um, really? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So so you don't like the opening introduction to Corey and he's babysitting the kid. What do you I like? Um, I'll tell you one thing. I You know, a couple things that I really liked about this movie. One is when he's babysitting the kid, they're watching John Carpenter's The Thing, which I think is a great reference to the original where they're watching the original thing from Outer Space. Yeah. So I like that homage. Obviously, like you said, David Gordon Green, big Halloween fan, big john carpenter fan there's a lot of other john carpenter kind of homages in this movie as mm. well which i know colin uh noticed too mm. so we'll get into that too but mm. i didn't love the introduction to this character um so much but colin what do you think so we meet a boy who is babysitting another young child uh time wise i have no idea what's going on is this 2019 it was 2019 no, no, no. this event happens oh, in no, this, happens. Th this moment yeah. they're saying after those grisly murders you know with michael myers being back are they that occurred a year ago to them because that, that man happened. is still out in the night then, and i don't understand why you would ever leave your kid at home on halloween yeah it's not like, like they that. had the whole right. town get a mob together to specifically search for this guy it's, it's <laughs> yeah. it is not a it is not a specific trauma at this point what we learned in Kills is this event, like a cancer, affected the whole body of Haddonfield, Illinois. The whole town. Okay. And that's what this Literally everyone. movie continues the idea of it's the the town corrupting or it's there's the, the generational trauma of the town yes. uh, is a corrupting influence in people's minds, essentially. Right. But I must say um, them having to push this four years out um, in the timeline, it, it does hurt it because – um, the whole town was looking for Michael. And you think if he gets away that night, they're not going to stop looking, right? I, so I can admit that it's kind of an issue with like yeah. the motivations of characters. Why did Lori decide to just buy a house and write a book? I understand that that doesn't make sense for where we left the characters off. So I, I don't like they, that. Right. No. They're they were looking for him for a while, but if it's been four years and they haven't found him, maybe they sort of gave up and were just like, well, he's gone somewhere. But a, a, <laughs> A woman who kick that can down the road. What's he going to do? Kill thirty more people? <laughs> yeah, her entire life from the moment of one single night in nineteen seventy-eight has been devoted to. Yeah, this cannot occur again. 
That is when she knows this evil is locked up. When that evil has escaped into the night to be itself, her reaction is like, you know but, what? That's all wrapped up and done. I, I yeah. gotta go. I understand the daughter. She's I understand going through the a character arc of. She is maturing. I get yeah. this. I also understand Jamie Lee Curtis wanting to play something different in a trilogy. That makes sense too. Let's yeah. let's back up real quick. Let's yeah. back up real quick and finish saying in this opening scene, we meet this boy Corey Cunningham. He's a male babysitter. This is twenty one. Say a year after uh, the events of twenty eighteen. He's Correct. an older boy. He's twenty one. Halloween night twenty nineteen. These yep. assholes are going out for the night, and he's got to look after a bratty kid. Okay, pretty straightforward. Yeah. What occurs is a mistake because obviously you would be heightened and scared of the reality that the boogeyman truly could be out there. Mm-hmm. And what he does is he kills a kid. He kills well, the, kid the child he is watching. Essentially yeah. bullying him. Yes. Uh, uh, being bullied about by being scared, locks him in a closet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Talk about for the rest of this episode. Yeah. Yes, this kid gets but bullied a lot by younger p- people. Now, younger what than occurs, him. and I cannot separate myself here, is you have the least likable performance ever given of this character named Corey Cunningham, who is a piece of shit and will only become <laughs> more of a piece of shit. Yes, kill a little piece of shit child. The yes. special effect that's done of it when he falls and breaks his no, Mike. I am I am not complimenting it. I was not. <laughs> I was horrified at how bad it looked. I uh. this, this whole sequence, Doc. From this moment on, I literally in my head said, "Oh, we're in trouble," and <laughs> the rest of the movie paid off how it went. The line has so, been drawn. I, I thought it. it was. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was an interesting kind of hook. But what I didn't realize is that this movie was going to be. Maybe 75, 80% Corey Cunningham, maybe 10% Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah let's but, get but that it, out of the way, kind of. <laughs> like, we, we kind of follow Corey's descent into darkness and then eventually yes. crosses paths with Michael, kind yeah. of is, is where we're at. Yeah. yeah. So, not a ton and, of Michael and, in this. And what is going to occur to you as a viewer is something, or a listener of this podcast, but a, a viewer of the film, if you do watch it, listeners, uh, is that you will have a Jar Jar Binks level effect of. Does this character work for you or does it completely ruin the thing that you were watching? I truly believe that it is that disastrous of an inclusion into a pop culture well, franchise. Wow. Yeah. And I think this is what Joe partially what Joe's getting at with wanting to reverse the order of these films, because to introduce a new character in the third film of the finale and then spend so much time with him as sort of the POV character. Um, I mean, it can work. It's, it's, it's interesting, but at the same time, like, People are going to see they want to see Michael Myers like killing people like that's what Halloween movies right, generally right. are. Right. Instead, you have his like shitty protege who's like learning and then eventually surpasses him, I guess. We survived right. through the man in black where a cowboy walks out with guns and he's breaking Mike out of jail cell. That's the right. same audience reaction, Jacob, where I would say if you're watching that, you're like, no, 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 this is not what I'm here for. <laughs> this is a lesson this franchise has needed to learn. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I guess if I can weigh in, I'm the guy who likes this movie. And so I have to say that's number one with it in a vacuum because it does not fit well in the trilogy. And what Jacob's saying about like, you know, we had Cameron who just gets killed and, you know, Allison's boyfriend. If this would have been Corey Cunningham from the beginning and slowly he survives a Michael encounter and then some bad shit happens and he's still getting bullied and he's slowly pulled down that path of evil. Very interesting. But that's not how they did it. Much like Star Wars, they kind of didn't write an arc for everybody start to end right. they just add characters in each movie. Somehow Palpatine has returned. 
Um, yes. And that's an issue. <laughs> and that's so kind of why Michael I like Myers it. Has returned. Yeah, yeah. Yes. There's, yeah, I somehow, like four years later. To, I like in this one to Last Jedi because it's so different and it is kind of divisive. Like it's, it's taking a big swing, trying something new in the franchise, whether it works for you or not, that's kind of going to define how much you like the movie. Same with the last Jedi. In a, in yeah. A similar do you way, like right? Ewoks? Right. Um, <laughs> I think again, these films, the way I look at them, I kind of have to look at all of them in a vacuum because I don't think they work as a unit. Right. So the first one, right, you can say the same about star Wars as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're trying to do different things with each one of these movies. You have to do the sequel reboot. Um, you know, as Colin was saying, what's that term you used? Uh, legacy sequel. The legacy sequel, right? Sequel. Boom, check. Then we need to get Michael just killing a ton of people. That's what they want, right? Check. We did it, right? He He's the most, like, he kills a guy with a fire pick, and, and it's wild, right? Yes. And then and it's then like, they go well, the exact opposite direction. Let's make a very character-driven story. I, I like it because it's not the same old, same old. And I guess Corey works for me. And I, I like that it's very character driven. That's what Stephen King was it saying. Is. I thought that before. I know that's not what fans want, but I, I like it because well, it's different. <laughs> I almost I almost disagree with you then, Mike. Let's I go. think it almost works only as a trilogy to look at it that way and see the variety of it. I, I agree with ah. that, that. I think that's like remarkably cool. Because again, when I watch this, I'm like, this is not a Halloween movie. Like everything that is occurring in this movie is not a Halloween movie. Huh, yeah. Yeah. I think there are thematic elements that tie these this trilogy together. Whereas the first one is sort of dealing with the trauma of Laurie Strode. Uh, the second one dealing with the larger trauma of the town in general. And then the third one taking that generational trauma of the town and showing how someone would be kind of corrupted by it. I the guess. youth. How is this fucked up the youth? How how is this even fucked up Lori's granddaughter yeah. that Andy yes. check is like somehow, An God bless her person. heart, has yeah. to give like art eyes at basically the craziest performance you have ever seen. And, yeah. and I gotta <laughs> I, I find her character baffling in this. The the rate at which she's just like all in on Corey Cunningham. Well, it's that's, like, oh, if that yeah. would have been established for three movies, sure. Um, and but, that's the whole issue yeah. with the Corey Cunningham arc it's is that rushed. it's so rushed. It's like the last season of Game of Thrones with Daenerys or something where it's like, you're supposed it, to like this kid at the beginning. Buddy, yeah. it's Jar Jar. It, everybody, <laughs> you forget that every scene in Phantom Menace 1 is in service to other characters being like, God, this guy's hilarious, isn't he? <laughs> Kids, don't you love this guy? Right. You as an audience are constantly like, everybody's telling me I'm supposed to like this guy. I don't know. When I watch Corey Cunningham and literally Laurie Stroud comes out and is like, I had to introduce you to the super hunk, normal, <laughs> awesome guy. I saw him getting bullied by a Bizarre, bunch of like yeah. little children. They're with band kids too. Yeah, he's getting, okay, he's, he's a 25 year old band man kids. being, being yes, bullied by not only high schoolers, but band but kids, Jacob, the nerdiest high schoolers. Overweight, chubby, acne-ridden loser. Unfortunately, I hate to say all that. Listeners, he's sort of a, a loner. Yes, them as a weirdo loner who has a history in a town who has a weird thing about babysitter murders. So, like, mm -hmm. regardless of however it went for that kid, you'd be like, "Wait, that's the second time that happened. What's this story?" And then he pushes past them and goes, "I gotta get my chocolate milk," and you'd be like. <laughs> like, like, there's so many red flags. You would just be like, "This guy is a psychopath." Which is the question: Was it always in him? <laughs> you know, or wasn't it? Know. That's part of it. So, so this well, movie lives what, and yeah. dies on the Cunningham. Yes, you know, basically, and Jar Jar. Like again, 
for the arc to be so rushed, it's like you're supposed to <clears> like <throat> this character at the beginning. He has a sympathetic backstory of accidentally yeah. killing this kid. The whole town hates him. He's he's seen as a, a, a weirdo, a freak, uh, rejected by society, working in a, a junkyard. Mechanic um, shop, which, you know, wears the same boiler suit. I knew right then what we were Jacob, into. Right. Let's see. How do we put coveralls on our on kid here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but where yeah. it falls apart for me is like, okay, so they're doing his kind of descent into sociopathy or, you know, becoming a Michael Myers. But Michael Myers didn't become Michael Myers at age 25. Like he was a young kid. Like sociopaths don't just become sociopath. Like it generally you are born with it, right? I mean, it's nature versus nurture. Um, but to me, it's just like something with the brain or whatever, you know. Yeah, but the lesson of this film seems to be perception from outside is what shapes who we are as people. Oh. Almost saying, was little clown Michael really in the wrong? Or was it because we were all like, hey, killing your sister's wrong that made him more evil? Well, I it's disagree like, with I don't that know. whole stop because Lori is literally writing her book and she's saying yeah. there's two types of evil. One that's without, it's a danger to the tribe, that which is external, right? That's Michael, yeah. this external evil, right? And then Corey represents internal evil that can be cultivated and grows and you don't even know you have it. That's what it is. Um, but the whole me. thing with coming down to so, his eyes. Yeah, the look in his We've eyes seen the Thorn being trilogy. the same look as... But here's the thing. So, Lori If, Strode, been, if he had guy, had the tattoo at the end, Mike, oh, if that had fuck. been what was David revealed, I'd been like, God. okay, this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? Um, but Laurie Strode meets this guy getting bullied, says, you know what? You should date my granddaughter, I guess. Um, but just sees something in him that he's like, yeah, he's probably a good guy. But then later sees him and is like oh he has the same eyes as michael but like there's been no change there's he he has acted crazy since the first moment she spoke and the Mm. the thing is his life has only gotten better since the beginning of the film four years later his life's bad but it's getting better he meets a motorcycle girlfriend who's like way above his league generally yeah uh and is super into him for some reason and he still decides to become michael myers yeah free motorcycle Yes, yeah, yeah, so he's, he's great. He can just run away with his girlfriend. His parents love him, his mom and his uncle who live together for some <laughs> maybe reason. Too much. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe too much with the mom there, a little Jason Voorhees there. I mean, that's what, <laughs> yeah, I that's don't what know. it's living and dying on is if, if you can buy this arc. That, and I have a harder time buying Allison just like, again, being all in. And if he was a presence where you knew, you know, that... He, the kid accidentally died and everyone yeah. bullies him at high school and she Allison's not with him right away, but she's aware of him. And then she goes through some trauma and then they bond, you know, that's what you should be doing, but you're not writing yeah. an arc of three movies. You're making three movies that are three flavors of chip. And again, chip I think you can do the, the descent to becoming Michael Myers, but why would he do that when his life is only improving by hey, meeting a girlfriend? But, his life's back on track. And, still getting and bullied. No, got no respect. But you're acting like it's all rational. I just want to say what you guys are saying about it is all great and stuff. I worry that our listeners who aren't going to watch this movie aren't going to realize that the interactions that are in these movies, the dialogue scenes being so bad, the performances Mm. being so across the board, in my opinion, to the fluctuations of he will come up to her, scream, I killed someone tonight. And she'll act like she didn't hear him say that. Then they'll go on a nice date. He's ignoring a lot of then red flags. Yeah. He will uh-huh. jump off the roof of a building and say, I've never been scared to die. Now that I don't have that, I have a superpower. <laughs> don't you realize that? 
No, Colin, the first half of this movie is like a Joker and Harley Quinn origin story. Like, where they're like, yes. let's burn down this fucking town. Let's it's, get out of here. We yeah. need to get out of here like the match. everyone has wronged yeah. us. And she yeah. basically hears those things and is like, you are so normal. Like basically her sides of the conversation so are as if he's you. saying – we need to go take care of your grandmother. I love you. <laughs> it's, it is like the disconnect is crazy. Yeah. And to the point where even when Laurie Strode is like, no, he's dangerous. Like we got to stop him. And she turns against her grandma saying, you, like, you, don't, you don't understand whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like you don't want totally to ignoring together. the multiple red flags of her new boyfriend, maybe being yes. a serial killer. Yeah. Now, now we're talking a lot about him. Let's 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 back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. So yeah. he is he is the big plot of this all. He's involved yeah. in this all. But he also has a pet alligator, Mike, that lives down in a little swamp oh, that God. he has to feed to survive. <laughs> now, the name of this alligator, of course, mm-hmm. is Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous yeah. escaped mental asylum. Right. So we find out Michael Myers has been living in the sewer for the last four years, maybe luring people in once in a while, killing them, eating probably rats and sewer dog, water. Maybe. Isn't eating them, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, maybe eating he them. Gets. Gotta right. survive four years in the sewer near the bridge. Well, yeah, we the band kids throw Corey off a bridge. And that's yes. when he meets Michael. So he's kind of like at his wits end, right? But he, the ho- homeless guy. man's raving, oh, don't go in that tunnel. You know, there's crazy guy. So he's like, I'm going to go in that <laughs> tunnel. And he, and he meets Michael Myers. And maybe he gets powers. I don't know. Uh, that's That becomes, <laughs> trans becomes Michael Myers supernatural Myers or not. He becomes the woman yeah. from Lake Placid. He, from this point on, <laughs> has a dangerous yeah. creature that he can unleash on unwitting people that he wants to. Or yeah, as I said to Jacob... What we agreed on, the other Carpenter connection, Mike, this is the plot of Christine. This is the yeah, killer car. It's very Christine heavy. This Hellraiser. Homages even. Yes. Um, but he works in a junkyard. Like there's there's the, the scenes where he, you know, spoiler, kills the, the band kids is like straight out of uh, Christine. Oh, yeah. Prodsky. So in Christine, he's getting, uh, you know, corrupted by the influence of this evil car, Christine. In this movie, he's being, you know, the, the evil force is Michael Myers living in a sewer. Right? Mm-hmm. I I believe that somebody would get messages from a car more than I would the mute maniac who's in the corner who I just know doesn't have a brain, Jacob. <laughs> well, here, here's the question. Right. The question with, I think, every iteration of Michael ever, every franchise, except for three because he's not in that movie, the Halloween franchise, is he supernatural or isn't he? And that's what this makes me wonder. Because, like, does he, does Corey just see as right. Michael looks into it? Like, Michael lets him go. He can kill him. He's holding him by the throat. But Michael sees, he's like, ah, this before. guy's a sociopath, yeah. too. Like, maybe yeah, I he can. Sees, he looks in his eyes and sees the same eyes staring back at him. So he lets him I go. Guess so. it's, it's like a really fucked up karate kid. It's like I, I've never had a son, you know. Maybe I can right. teach you my ways, right? Uh, sociopath. Yeah, yeah. Well, Corey's son. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so that's the question: is like, does he transfer his essence, or does he just? Do they then have an understanding of like, you know what? I could just unleash the beast, baby. Fuck this town, murder spree. And like, well, I'm not even sure that it's consistent in this trilogy of 
how you know what are Michael's powers? How strong is he? It's not really? consistent in the franchise. So like, no, but just yeah. even within this trilogy, like he's fucking up groups yeah. of people in the last movie, and now he's like this old man who can't who can't fight off this one weirdo who steals yeah. his mask. Let's yeah. talk about Michael. So he's old. He, I guess, isn't eating right. He has not received proper medical attention Mm -mm. since he kind of like got shot in the hand, right? And and all that stuff by kills. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Brain rot, Jacob. He's going crazy. So we, of the behavior that we get in this, we get a pretty normal Michael at the end. We get kind of this weird mute ghost Michael in, in the top here. And then really during the only kill that he's sort of very hands-on with, the police officer kill, the sort of orgasmic behavior. How, how, how did you guys interpret sort of the the gasping, the convulsing, the eager slashes? Where, what was Michael going through in that? Mm. I, think I don't know. He just loves killing. I think – like not in a sexual way. I think he just like <laughs> – yeah. It's like, this is my shit. Like, I exist to take right. life, right? And yeah. you've given me an opportunity to do that, my son. Thank you. And I like that scene because, like, you yeah. see how, like, he does the kill. And then he just keeps stabbing the corpse. And, and, they and, some, and Corey's like, some, right, maybe that's they, a little. They do some uh, tag team kills, right? Where, where yeah. it seems like Corey, Corey's kind of learning from hunt. him. Yeah. <laughs> I see something, though, there where, like, he goes over above and beyond. It's not just the kill. Then it's, like, this performative, whatever it is, whatever Michael's doing. Then Corey's like, it's yeah. it's more than just the death. There's this fucking, like, the artistry kind of yeah. behind it. It's it well, pride is... almost in your work. It's weird. So Corey's first kill is, well, aside from the kid at the beginning, mm-hmm. he meets Michael, is released by Michael, comes back out of the sewer. The homeless guy that's out there confronts him and is like, why Why did he let you go? Like, he never lets anyone go or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he stabs go him. Go back right? in there. You shouldn't be out here. <laughs> yeah. The homeless guy where... pulls a knife on him, right? Oh, is that it? And, and then he, turns he, it around and he takes self-defends. It him, yeah. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the setup. He's, he's, uh, the oh, first taste. Yeah. After an accidental kid head Accidental self-defense, and then we get premeditated full stop, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, it throws the knife already, into the woods like an idiot. But, and know. this is what I don't understand, yeah. because if that's his kind of tipping point of like, oh, I like killing people, but he already killed that kid four years ago, wouldn't he have had some kind of feelings Reaction. about that? Well, I think he's the having guilt. guilt and yeah. He doesn't know he likes it. This is what, okay. how, how does one go from... A presumably nor- normal person to someone who could do that. Right. right. Is this Dexter? That's the arc. Was yeah. there was there a season of Dexter where Dexter teaches someone to be a serial killer? Yeah. I mm. mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There's been stuff like that for sure. Again, it, it's it's living and dying on the Corey arc, and if you don't like it, you're going to hate this movie. But I see yeah. what it's doing, and I personally, like I appreciated it. I like the I like it. I don't know why. It's just Defend something different. It. I'm like, amazed that you like it. Who who doesn't want to see a tag team where Michael's got a little buddy, a little sidekick, and they're running so around? You know, that's they great. Do, they do some sidekick adventures. Yeah. In the meantime, Lori's kind of detective work is like Jacob said, getting pushed further away from her granddaughter. And mm. then kind of just hanging out at the bar with the other little girl, Julie. What what was the other little girl's name who sort of Might survived the Julie, night? Yeah. Who oh, owns yeah. the bar now or whatever. Yeah, right. the um, girl with the tarot cards is the and girl then, from... Across the, the street. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then questioning the dirtbag father from the beginning. And this guy, 
once again, to just say the most detached asshole who has ever existed, you're being a jackass the night of when your son gets killed when, like, again, you're going out on a, on a night where it's, like, notorious that right, kids who are getting after. babysat will get killed. Like, it's like, well, what will happen? Mm-hmm. But Jacob, he's playing yeah. cool, and basically he gives this answer of, like, I don't know, I didn't really care. And then I was like, I'll say sorry this little asshole. And then I went and saw him, and he had the scariest eyes I've ever seen. Another reference of this. So mm-hmm, truly yeah. you're right, Jacob. This is like the premise of this movie is what is in someone's eyes, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it cuts to a recreation of the scene. And instead of like the quiet, like dead eyed, you know, whatever you would expect for a Michael, a serial killer. Again, this kid's performance, what we get is basically him going like, <laughs> the dad right. is just like, Ooh, and just like zooms away. Why are you driving Every here? scene plays like a comedy scene. And there's so much cursing. Jamie Lee Curtis keeps saying fuck in every scene. Yeah, that's how you know it's edgy. In the uh, preview, like hype videos too they're like audience it's gonna blow their fucking minds like even in the pressers she's right. going in dog um well about the parents so this yes. is a minor nitpick but sure. in this movie people always show up right when they're needed to for the plot because these parents <laughs> are just always hanging out at this bar because the mom well, confronts them at, in that other scene yeah. when, they go, when they're dancing when the mom's there yeah and right. they're the like, rich are ones. these parents just hanging out at this bar constantly now? I guess because they're just drinking There's themselves There's only one death. bar in Haddonfield. Yeah. And then the band was... kids always just showing up at the at the right time for the script. It's like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. a, it's just a lazy script writing thing. And was that's that horror the movies, same though. bar in Kills where we see Tommy mm-hmm. at like the variety night? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. These because movies. Because Julie works there, right? Hey, 38 and years the other ago, thing a lot these, of people uh, died in this town. Never Can forget. I just mention these these band kids, these four band kids that yes. are friends? Each one of them is like a different kind of high school kid that would probably not really be friends. And it's just so funny. Like there's like the popular kid, the like kid, the like the stoner looking kid, mm-hmm. like the serious, studious kid. It's like you guys are like a friend group, like very they all have one different piece of band equipment on like one will be yeah. like the hat one will be the full uniform the jock kid will just have the coat on and it's then like, he got the oh, drummer yeah, they all do marching yeah so like the, the kid with the sticks. rich dad with the nice car that it's like you wouldn't be a band yeah. kid like what are you talking about no we're driving a lebaron so that's uh, just minor nitpicking no and and again i i think it's it's trying to introduce this formula it's like where does michael myers used to do kill teenagers how do we get Corey? To kill teenagers, right? It's like, right. you know, horror movie writing. And like, if if we got to grade it on a curve, guys. And like, have you seen other Halloween movies? It's yes. not any worse. <laughs> I know, really would say, I would argue the Rob Zombie movies are so they're <laughs> doing the this. hot take. And <laughs> I agree. Yes, I will become the Halloween. Well, the origin of Michael Myers in Rob Zombie's Halloween is doing the same thing that this movie is trying to do, showing sort of the bullied becoming the bully, mm-hmm. the generational trauma thing. Like yep. young Michael in that movie was kind of like Corey, where he's being bullied, like he's got a rough family life. Yeah, yeah. His, his stepdad bullies him, then he's getting bullied at school. Um, it's yeah, the same arc, mean right? To him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he will grow up to be Tyler Maine. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, I, I, I like you guys are gonna kill me, and so is the internet. But I like the the Corey version better. <laughs> but that, it makes sense for a kid, yeah. not for a twenty five year old adult, right? Well, here's you look at Michael Myers' like, eyes. You know? yeah. Like you're saying, grading on a curve, though. I can, it's a I can pull those other ones away and be like, okay, I'm just watching this one. Then I don't need to think about any of this other. One. Yeah. And just going off what you say of different, where I'm like, I do want to experience something new. Whatever, put anything in here. 
mm-hmm. the logical gaps of literally when I had to rewind the ending twice to be like, what does Lori think she's doing here right now? Yeah, you thought I was going to commit suicide, but I wasn't. Pause. Rewind. Right. Why on. was she pretending? What to did she suicide? just say out loud? Play. <laughs> she huh. knew Michael was you there. I thought guess. I was going to. I think there's suicide. a scene missing. Yeah, we need that real, uh, real missing. And then for Corey's reaction to that to be, well, I'll commit suicide for real. The ending of this film, Mike. I paused it and just went. This it. it it's not even that it doesn't make sense. It just feels like a writer was like, well, fuck, this thing just has to end, huh? Well, like, let me I just, give you I'm a... not getting paid by the word here. I, it's just got to be over. <laughs> let me give you a, how, tell you how the events go. So he shows up. Uh, Corey shows up to Lori after killing a bunch of Lori people. Lori has said, stay away. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. He's they're, confronting they're Lori. Now. Yes. Um, Lori has said to the granddaughter, like, you shouldn't be with this guy. Like, we need to get away from him. He's evil. He shows up. And he's just killed a bunch of people that have wronged him or whatever. He stole Michael's and, mask. He goes, and you're an old man. I'm taking your mask. Fuck you. And he, I'm and he sorry. Yes, we are jumping yes, ahead. Yeah. Let's part. talk about the mask scene real quick. <laughs> but he's sorry, doing yeah. the teenage Pause. killing with the mask. But he, yes. yeah, he, he wipes it. He goes back to Michael sewer, <laughs> wrestles him down. After he's got a taste for blood. Mask. This is yeah. what you want. This is what you want. And we get an old man going like, my mask. Please. <laughs> 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 he says, you're nothing but an old man or whatever. In a mask. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he takes it. It's a little bit of a struggle, which is, I think it's neat. Like seeing Michael almost overpowering, like he's sliding in the dirt, but then he gets the upper, he knocks him down because he's an old man. Yeah. It shows it's Michael still got a little bit of gas in the tank. Beating the master, uh, becoming the new Sith master. Two there uh, are. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> yeah, there can only be two. Um, so he does copycat yeah, so murders on a, in the mask. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he goes on a bit of a rampage, kills the uh, his bullies, the, the marching band kids, kills some other people. The DJ and, and some other uh, other people car. wronged he, him. Yeah, Michael yes. doesn't kill with cars. He pulls a full Christine. <laughs> Michael a does drive Christine a car, though. In the junkyard. Taught yeah. him how to drive. Michael can drive it, and he knows what a, a, a garbage disposal does. Uh-huh. Um so but anyway, so we know Michael Myers has at least done dishes and learned the use yes. of manual for a We're going to talk like. about that scene. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So Corey confronts Lori Strode at her house. She's pretending like she's about to kill herself. Turns out she was she was faking just to, I guess, attract Corey into her house. It turns on him and says, you thought I was going to fucking kill myself. Uh, Joke fights him. <laughs> then he says, well, if I can't basically if I can't have your granddaughter, uh, I'm going to turn her against you by making it look like you killed me. So he stabs himself in the neck. Mm-hmm. Why? So setting up Laurie Strode and then uh, the granddaughter shows up, sees this basically. <laughs> she smartly hey, grabs the knife out of a dead body and holds it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I know what it looks like. Hey, I'm Corey. I know fans. You don't want me to be in this movie anymore. <laughs> I understand that like nobody has appreciated this. Let me go ahead and do what everybody wants me to do. <laughs> It's, it does then, not make one. But of course, he doesn't die fully from that because then later when Michael inevitably shows up, Michael kills him for real. Right. So yeah. Lori does the badass thing when she's disarming Corey as Michael. He loses this clown mask he's been using. Like we said, he's got yeah. the full on Michael mask. So she assumes he's Michael. Mm-hmm. No, it's Corey. Where she is firing her gun up into other rooms, assuming that Michael is also in the house. So she is just like looking around and just like shooting at her blind spots. I thought that was 
incredible. (laughs) I think this is the movie everyone came to see is the last 20 minutes of this, right? Yes. The middle of it works for me. It doesn't work for everybody. And I I appreciate Corey dying because, you know, everybody watching it, they're like, this is the fucking curse of Michael Myers. My God, dude, they're going to do the thing. It's like, no, that's, you know, rest assured we're not replacing Michael, right? The main problem for me, I guess, is that it is the Corey Cunningham show for the first two thirds of this movie. And then finally, like Michael's barely in this. And then he finally shows up at the end just to basically had the climactic final battle with Laurie Strode. Yes. Gets owned and gets pinned to a table. But this, this, this (laughs) Mm -hmm. roll around though, I liked it. But there are moments of it like the garbage disposal where it is naked gun level comedy fight scene where it's like what else is in the room we're rolling around what you know right. what, like there could have been a moment where like you know then she puts it plugs in a blender and puts michael's hand in that or something you know like literally it's yeah. just like well the idea that michael knows that if he shoves her hand in this hole in the sink and then t- flips a switch it would be bad for her like when did when did he ever learn that? you think six-year-old michael sewer. ever saw his mom run a garbage disposal i guess <laughs> you know Oh, he had six uh, years to learn cares. a little bit, learn how to drive. But at the end of the yes. day, it's a you know a, a woman in her sixties fighting a man in his eighties yes. or whatever. And uh, let's say this: there's also an entire element we have left off, which is a woman in her late sixties having a romance subplot. So Will Patton, the surviving sheriff, over the course of mm-hmm. these last two films, right. is of course a retired character in this film, kind of in and out of her life. Jacob said this cherry blossom things earlier that made me laugh <laughs> so hard because that is his recurring plot. Jimmy Lee Curtis narrates it in her book at one point, suicide or cherry blossoms, question mark. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. Because she can she can either choose to go to Japan with him and start a I'm, fresh Will Patton, life. Will Patton, the <laughs> guy great. who I call Colonel Sanders, because every time <laughs> I see this guy, he is getting he is turning more and more. Nori, yeah. what if you and I went to Japan? We went and got just juicy. Just a Haddonfield <laughs> local, right? Yeah, he's just a just a good old boy. Now, <laughs> but we thought he, he died in the first God, one. Was it was a fake still... out death. Uh, uh, huge surprise. That was maybe yeah. the best part of kills for me was there. It, like Will Patton's alive. This is great. Yeah. Um, the reveal at the end here is, of course, she sort of succeeds. There's this. Uh, she removes Michael's mask, throat slit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Choke. You're coming with me. With knives. into the table. Seeming like it's going to be bad for Lori. Lori doesn't care. She kind of embraces it. Andy Matichek, granddaughter, comes back. We finish things. Yeah. Wrapped up with the sheriff. Slices arrives. throat. Slices arms. Mm-hmm. He's bleeding out. <laughs> they do the it's fucking wild, suicide yeah. thing because yeah. Laurie's like, no, 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 we're making sure. And, and then that's great. Yes. And then at the end, now like, Will Patton arrives and she <laughs> yeah. says, like, is it over? It's over. The Texas marshal comes, you know, the Rangers, mm-hmm. everybody, the whole town. And and they walk out and Laurie says, we're getting justice tonight. And somebody in the crowd says something to the effect of like, well, I don't think that's. Well, I don't know if that's justice. And the marshal says, "Tonight it is." That's on how we <laughs> do the things. Whole right? town, yes, does a fucking vigil for Michael. Basically, run him out like bad boys, right? Run him up to the scrapyard, a recurring set for just this film, mm-hmm. and then they turn him into chum. Yeah, they put they him in a car him. crusher thing. Yeah, they tie him to the top of a car throw him in the car crusher because it's they've seen michael Everybody myers movies before well they crowd they surf him they crowd surf him to the crusher don't forget yeah that happens yeah. which yeah. i um, would not touch him no by the way if i was part of any well of it's them. almost like laurie is giving him 
like a certain amount of respect in death. Like even the He's way she kills baptized. him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of weird. Like they're almost it's a weird like, reverence towards him. Yeah. Like, somehow. Yeah. So that, that was, that feels like this is, if it was two movies, Halloween ends would have ended like this. Like yeah. with the whole towns in, we're ready. Let's fucking get his body out of here. But because the first two thirds of this are so disjointed, having the town come together and crowd surf them, I get thrown him into the chipper because take no sure chances. Got to yeah. make yeah. sure. But um, the whole yeah, like crowd surfing him, and it's almost like he's a religious figure at that point. That I, I didn't really buy that. Like yeah, drive him up there, and everyone should be yelling and throwing rocks at his body and shit. Not like oh, right. Michael, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I guess he's just so yeah. monumental and, in, and important to what this city of Haddonfield has become. The trauma, like, like yeah. you said. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, yeah, years. they're they're putting their trauma to rest by throwing him in, in, into the, the wood chipper. Now, yeah, I yeah. liked all this. I was very excited. I don't know if you guys did. I did not think Lori was going to die. So I was also very happy to come out of this movie with her living. I could yeah. have seen both happening. Um, but, you know, yeah. I'm glad that Lori gets to live. Um, final. I didn't girl. think she would kill herself. Um, the ending to me is the best part of this movie for sure. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you, are is you this satisfied? A well, if I can ask, are you satisfied with, if this is the final confrontation of Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, right? Are you satisfied yeah. with that Colin? <laughs> well, yeah. And we'll, I guess the big, big, big question for the wrap up is what the hell is a Halloween movie going forward? But, uh, Yeah. I didn't know that this would have been an option again a couple years ago when they're like, we're bringing her back. I'd seen it in H2O. I'm an old man. I've, I, they've pulled yeah. this trick before. It's not, this isn't even that fresh, but to kill Michael to definitively. And, uh, you know, again, it is for the audience more than anything to go like, no, no, no. And then the, the chum that comes out, we're going to put that into a bucket of acid, you know, and then like, we'll feed that to a dog. Like they could have almost just like kept going to go like, he's put it in the gone. bottom of the ocean, Trust us. like yeah, Megatron exactly. style. Yeah. They could just incinerate yeah. him like in a, in a morgue incinerator. That would kind of take care of the problem. Take up, he, the first true. movie, he right. escapes a basement completely. That's true. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's fireproof. We know he is fireproof. How dare you even <laughs> yes. lie that he would die. He's probably Good surviving point. a couple fires, actually, if I'm looking back at the yeah. series. We'll see. But I um, think with the... Might bring him back to life. <laughs> yeah. The Laurie Strode of it all, I think, yeah. is fine. I mean, I thought H2O would have been a fine ending for a character. She never needed to come back to do these. So I don't... I think, you know, it's fine. And uh, I think, you know, they try to do the same thing with HBO with her decapitating him, but they only right. added later that right. it was not they Michael. It. Yeah. yeah. Which wanna, I think they want to make another movie. Halloween ends dot 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 again. You see Michael putting Corey with the mask on in. They're actually crowd surfing Corey's body. <laughs> oh, they're God. Like yeah. Of see, Corey. I think they made it very explicit. Like they take off yeah. his mask. He's lying there on the table, like bleeding out. They Old man make- beard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they make like very sure that like he's dead. And I think definitively that's the end of this timeline or universe or whatever. Like they're not, they're not going to make any more movies in this universe. The only way they can go from here is like a total reboot kind of thing, which I could see them doing. Absolutely. Oh yeah, Um, for sure. Like, you know, the cod family will keep making these, but I I think uh, Blumhouse has said like, they're not like, that's the end of Halloween blood Blumhouse kind of deal. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Again, there there's no perfect timeline. You know, 
in this no, franchise. No. And and I did think H2O well, there used is to be my favorite. One movie. Yeah, there is. It's yeah, the perfect timeline is just to watch stop. the original and just not bother with the rest that's of it. That's how it ends. Honestly, yeah. that's the best way to do it. Um, but if you're a masochist, you can check out the other shit. But um, I think this is as satisfying to me as the H2O final thing. Like, it's a little bit more poetic, I guess. Or, you know, it's kind of she's sending him off almost as as, as h2o is like this aggressive fuck you michael this is almost like man we've been through the shit huh buddy all right just catch you in the afterlife you know it's like there's almost like a begrudging respect out of laurie here which is totally to the character well it's interesting the way you know the the laurie strode character in h2o is very different in a lot of ways than the laurie strode in these movies where she's dealing with this kind of ptsd but she's much more uh afraid of it whereas in this case in this case she's uh you know she's obviously become like a weirdo but like she's not letting her fear define her she's actually taking things in her own hands by setting a trap for michael in the first movie and doing all that uh so it's a very the way she's playing the character is very different right yeah and i think this this movie in particular also sets up things for laurie to question like when allison is like you know you're pretty capable of causing harm your hysteria caused my mom to get murdered by michael and drew his attention you know and and the idea that she is not michael's sister she's more obsessed with michael than he is with her it's like she yes. finally gets to kill her big game like she's always wanted to be the killer but it can only be right. michael right and she, yeah, she gets that you know and Weird. she does get blamed for a lot of the actions of michael in the first movie which but also there is this whole crazy doctor who was trying to lead him back to 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 Laurie too in the first one. Yes, Michael. Yeah, yeah, but he got it wrong too. But the idea that Laurie has been basically been living her whole life of like, I will kill Michael Myers. And right. yeah. he's not a, so so that's like a thing. She's had maybe that same kind of it's thing. The, it's the madman meme of like, uh, oh, I, I feel I feel bad for you. And then Don Draper says, I don't think about you at all. That's the Laurie Strode yeah. Michael Myers relationship. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. does not care. Yeah, but yeah. she again has been obsessed with thinking of how do I kill him? He should have yeah. when his throat was slit, he should have just kept going, my, my pocket, my pocket. And Laurie said, What what you want something in here? Pulls it out. It's a picture of her his sister's as a baby. Yeah. yeah window. No, his sister's window. Oh, right. He gets to <laughs> finally look zombie. at it. The last thing he wants to look at. He touches it. He dies. Happy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Again, to, it was to a great the, view. Uh, <laughs> Rob Zombie the movies there. doing a lot of the same things this movie's doing, and I think doing it in a better way. Yeah. So Rob Zombie did it better. Turns I'm out sorry, I there, Gordon the Rob Green. Zombie movies better. Now, here is my challenge, Mike, to mm-hmm. our super editor here. Oh, yeah. Can you kill Corey, mm-hmm. get rid of two-thirds of the top of this film, mm-hmm. and insert it to the end of Kills, where... Judy Greer dies. Mm-hmm. We get that stuff. We get the ending of that film. But since it's Jamie Lee Curtis finally coming back from the hospital and going like, what's going on and stuff, yeah. it just continues. She gets into a house somehow. The fight continues. They get him. Mm-hmm. It just goes straight into the funeral, buddy. You thought I was going to kill myself. Just play that as Michael. Yes. The haircut happens. That's going to be hard to cut around. But beyond I, that, yeah, you're fine. I don't, there's, there's some other stuff we could insert to build out another third act where she somehow says she cleans herself up or something. A yeah. day later. But you you could do it. Yeah. You could do it. I was thinking about that, too, as I'm watching this. I'm like, yeah, how do you just kind of put this at the end of Kills so it does feel like two movies that went can, on the man. same night? I think it's possible. Maybe I'll have to... Um, 
cyberpunk my my way to some copies of these. I don't um, know. I think the see what's up. the a the uh, time you know gap between this that last movie and this movie. It's kind of necessary to show how Michael's been just living in the sewer for years, weakened in a weakened state because he goes from being yeah, able to take again. on groups of people. But he. Gets you just show him get his ass kicked fight. by the whole You're town, and then it. yes, yeah, I'm gets still here, shot Lee. in the hand and loses most of his fingers, Jacob. Right, you wouldn't feel normal after that. But that's you what I mean. Die. Like the four years is the way to explain why he's so much weaker. He's older. He's no. He's been he living rough. To the house. I think it's no fine fingers. if like thirty-eight people <laughs> were hitting you with uh, lamps and shit in the middle of the yeah. street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> laundry baskets or whatever the hell they are. Yeah, whatever dumbass. But then that makes kills look like yeah, it's like Michael's final ride. You know, and he's like, God, oh, man, they beat the shit out of me. Lori, I'm coming for you. Okay, you know, rip. And then the whole yeah. town sends him off. Evil dies yeah, tonight. Maybe. Right? Yeah. Evil, evil, evil eats fries tonight is what I've been saying because ah. Corey goes on dates and he's Eating fries. evil eats fries tonight. <laughs> like I'm going. That should be what they say for this third movie. Yeah. I'm just going to call the edit evil dies tonight, you know, and that'll be right. when he actually does in well, Halloween uh, kills. Now, the granddaughter, uh, Explain to me, Colin, why she is so attracted to Corey. Is it because they are both have dealt with sort of death, death and trauma in their past and have this connection to Michael Myers that is what attracts her to him? I think no, so. I, I, think I, that's what I assume going she's for. blind. Uh, did, yeah. did we know? Did we know the sheriff before this movie? That was in the time jump. She has dated this guy. Yeah, we never. Oh, did. yeah. The police officer. I've never guy. seen him before. Yeah, yeah I think that's right. in the time jump. OK. Yeah. yeah, she's just an idiot. She uh, dates might have been kills in yeah, hindsight. Like I think a, there might have been every yeah. boyfriend she's ever had is a loser. The guy in the first movie was that's a maybe loser. a byproduct of just living in a small town like Haddonfield yeah. where there's not a lot of choices out there, which is why she I wants to leave, right? She wants to get yes. away. Um, yeah, I think very we, weird arc for her, I guess, through the three I, movies, right? Yeah, I, I can't even. Yeah, imagine. I mean, I wanted her arc to pay off because that's what it looks like, you know. Yeah, you know, obviously generational trauma and stuff is a big theme. And then the way it landed with this, it's like she just wants to date the bad boy and grandma doesn't <laughs> understand. And it's a little right. fast and forced for sure. I think what they and thought they were going for them. is that shared trauma, but no. In the right. second one, she's hunting Michael. Yeah. Yeah. She's with, influenced by her grandma to be proactive in like trying to fight Michael, basically. And four years later she hates her grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, only only because they, she misses she like Judy Greer. I mean, it's bullshit. So yeah, so there's some Toby balls dropped with that. Yeah, with the Karen death, they, they dropped the ball on kind of what that should have been to the plot for sure. So I think so. Yeah, I think the best right, thing let's... to do is uh, well, quickly instead of putting Michael at the end of ends, I just need to rotoscope Corey into as many scenes of kills and yes. 2018 now, to develop a relationship. <laughs> he, he, do you know this kid from the Hardy Boys Hulu TV show? That is the only thing no. he's been on. Okay. Really? okay. No, I have not seen that. People and I've almost watched it a bunch. Now I never will. I will never watch anything with wow. this kid. You hate Again, this actor. I apologize, young man. I understand I should be able to separate you. I can't. You're going to bully him on Twitter. Let's go. And that could be Evil you know, due to direction that he's the way he's acting. I but, don't know, man. <laughs> And I think like what what would you know Joe was saying we were talking off pod about how we would sort of fix this trilogy. Yeah. I think if you did introduce this guy as a character in the first one and he's there throughout the three movies, it would be it would make more sense to me. But to just introduce it's like a final season of a TV show where 75% of it is about a new character they wrote in and they're just spinning their wheels and then by the end they're like, "Oh yeah, we got to like wrap this up." Yeah, it's yeah. just like didn't work for me. 
The older brother goes to college and we recap. We got to bring in the, the cousin from out of town and yeah. everybody hates it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Grace Stranger the Things show. does it. Yeah. No, but Stranger yeah. Things does it great. They introduce Eddie in the most recent season and yeah. devote a lot of time to him. And you go like, well, hold on. Isn't this unfair too? But eventually you're one over due to charisma, performance, writing, whatever. That's true. But you're with not Stranger one over Things, yeah. they're great at just adding characters every season and making them interesting characters. Yes. This feels like they're they're adding, you know, cousin Jimmy as as a new full time cast member. And it's like, oh, you're replacing like the main protagonist. And he's apparently. the star. You're this yeah. that seventies show was very apt because right. it really is yeah. like, let's get rid of whatever we liked. Don't you want to follow Seth Meyers' brother? And it's like, no. Right. <laughs> I could understand, yeah, audiences being a little uh feeling tricked by that. Because the trailers were all the last um you know, yes. third yeah, well, they the had movie. to show some Michael of stuff. It's like there's like no Michael there's nothing. Stuff. Even Can stuff they play the as Michael in the trailer. The sewer Mike. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> well, they do show him grabbing Corey, but they don't show anything else. And it's like it's played. Even some of the Corey kills in the boiler suit, they play it as if it's Michael in the trailer. Of course, yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. Because they had they needed scenes of yeah. someone in a Michael Myers mask stabbing yeah. people. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that's that's where we'll. we'll We'll let it die, let it lie, and we'll hop over to final thoughts on uh, Halloween Ends. Uh, David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, Wild Ride. Catch you on the other side. We're back here on Normies Like Us. We're wrapping things up. Uh, I'm going to take off this mask I've been wearing because I'm done killing people today. Oh, and yes. I no longer feel possessed by the spirit of Michael because mm-hmm. uh, we've been talking Halloween. And guess what, people? Halloween ends. We're done. We're going to give our final thoughts here. Halloween has ended. Halloween has ended. Go home. You don't have to go home. But you can't it's November. Here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, Halloween ends. Any thoughts on this, David Gordon yeah. Green? Or... For my final, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about David Gordon Green's career. It's mm-hmm. very interesting to me because he can, just when you think you can kind of pigeonhole him, he changes completely genres of what he's focusing on, where he started out as an indie drama director. And I liked some of his early movies like All the Real Girls, uh, what's that one called? Snowflake? Snow or, Angels. Snow Angels. Uh, George Washington. Yeah. Uh, and then he moved into like stoner comedies, right? Pineapple Express mm. worked a lot with James Franco and uh, Danny McBride. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pineapple Express was the best one of those. <laughs> um, but I did like his stoner comedies. And then he's doing, he's done like five movies in the last like several years that are like, I don't think anyone has seen. Uh, he got back into a little bit of indies, um, some weird movies that I didn't realize he even directed. And then he took on this Halloween trilogy, having never done horror before and it was just like i've got an idea for halloween of course he's directed a bunch of tv also with danny Mc, danny mcbride like eastbound and down and mm-hmm. uh the righteous gemstones and that kind of thing but just a very hard career to kind of put in a box right yeah that's pretty yeah. interesting and, and i think he does like bring... a, a a twee wes anderson Jacob, yeah, I would he, say, and, and then I think became he something different. Yeah. Some of that indie sensibility to these movies with the character focused drama of this. Like, there are some moments I like. I just wish I liked kind of the characters more. It might have worked for me better. Like, in the beginning, like when they're riding on their motorcycle, like it feels very like, you know, indie movie vibes. 
This one, no. You guys aren't remembering the characters of the past one. Do you remember the kid getting babysat in the first movie, the little black boy? Yeah, yeah. The funniest Ooh, part of that, that movie. Awesome. And then yes. the gay couple, Big John and Little John. Yeah. In the second oh, movie. yes, yes. The best part of that movie. The character work yeah. is always excellent. Even the, like, the husband and wife film. pair. We see the wife in this in a wheelchair now, but that, but, you know, yes. great, great characters. Yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, looking back at it, maybe I was too harsh on kills compared to this one, honestly. Because... That's how I felt after Last Jedi seeing Rise of Star Wars. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Maybe it wasn't too yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. And there were some character moments I liked in the humor of it all. It really worked for me a lot more than this movie where it's like less, less humor, more just it's very serious and very taking itself very seriously. And I guess, again, it comes down to the, the mixing the lowbrow with the high, like people want the, the popcorn thriller uh, kill scenes and everything, but also you're trying to put these, this subtext into it and, I don't think the the melding of the two really works that well in this movie. Mm. Yeah, I mean, again, I kind of I, I I don't I don't have a problem uh, with the Corey performance. I think as much as Colin or a lot of fans, everyone everyone's hating this, and I think that works for me just because I got Michael on a rampage and kills. So like, I'm not expecting that. I'm fine to see what's here. And again, it's a little rushed, but I'm like. This is kind of fascinating. If Michael's just the shade, this evil thing that's out there, and then Corey is like becoming evil through whatever machinations, that's a fascinating thing to explore with the Halloween movie where Loomis is running around. What is the nature of evil? You know, it's like, I don't fucking know, dude. So that's very Halloween to me. But if you hate that character and you wanted Michael, you're going to hate it. Uh, Yes. But but I'm, I don't know. I, I enjoy it, I think, more than a lot of people do. I think it's, it's, taking some big swings and I, I respect it for that because I like when movies do try different things. Unfortunately, it doesn't always pan out. And I think if you're sometimes when you take big swings, you don't hit the ball. And that's kind of how I feel about this movie where it's like the character just didn't really work for me. I didn't understand the transition felt rushed to me. His character, his whole arc felt rushed. He wasn't likable to me to begin with. So he just became more unlikable to the point where I was like, I just want this guy to die. Uh, and I want to see Michael Myers. <laughs> I like their well, tag team stuff a lot. Like, I, I think that was cute. The first time they reveal it where it's yeah. just Corey. And then you think the lady's going to go yeah. out the front door. And then Michael's like, nope. I'm like, this. But is then he gets neato. so cocky that he's like, wait, I'm better at this than you are. Old I've done man. it one Give time. Me mask. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've always been better. Ah, the now, folly right. of youth. If we're fans, what are we saying here? So there's the shape. What's Corey? The shit stain? The, <laughs> <laughs> the shark. Yeah. The shark. The, shark, the shape in the shark. Yeah, that's the sidekick and, duo. Uh, <laughs> and again, I can't get behind the uh, – his life is getting better. He just got a new girlfriend. Like generally, you don't become a serial killer at when your life's actively getting – in the process of getting better. And it just feels like the arc doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. Just the writing is, I mean, truly schizophrenic. It's rushed. Look, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Where I'm coming yeah. from, I see everybody complaining. And and all I can think is, do you watch horror movies? Like, 85% of horror movies are mid. Like, admit it. They yeah. fucking are, right? So you're expecting sure. too much if you want this to change your world. I get it if you wanted more kills and it's a little weird. Have you ever seen a horror movie, including 80% of the Halloween movies? They're pretty fucking rough, even if they're goofy and fun. They're not airtight scripts. Like, what do you expect? Yes. But now that being said, Mike, I think 
having the title Halloween, that's what ruins us here, brings it in. If this had been called The Tunnel Man, I would have, like, this is a fine movie called The Tunnel Man. Behind the Eyes, right? Ooh, A Killer's Eyes. Yeah, ooh, there you go. Um, The Killer's Eyes end, right? But yeah, I guess the the legacy of Halloween, and again, that first film being one of the perfect examples of... uh, you know, horror a perfect cinema. movie. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's where uh, these sequels should and are often held up to a higher standard. So I hope next we do get anthology like, um, you know, number three, Season of the Witch. Just call them Halloween yes. and finally, finally do the anthology thing, you know? Yes. Yeah. And one other point you said you had wanted to bring up uh, pre-recording. Oh, yes. Our buddy John Carpenter he gets a phone call for these. He doesn't have points and deals and license ship for the for the name Halloween or for getting remix Halloween. Only way he gets paid is when they ask him to do this music. And Cody Carpenter and John Carpenter did the score of this film. Yeah, and I'm downloading music for this, uh, you know, to do the podcast and stuff. And I'm like, dude, the score, just like with Kills and stuff with John and Cody, it slaps. Like the score yeah. is really good for these, I'd say. I mean, Jake, what do you think about the score? Um, yeah, I like the score. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, you know, it's John Carpenter and he's John he's, Carpenter. It's one of the he's, highlights he's of this it. trilogy, I think is having that, but, but do you have any thoughts? He on... says he can't do it anymore. It's too fast. That's the time's too fast, but it sounds, it sounds can. good in this. So pass the torch to Cody. Right. But, but Jacob, do you have any thoughts uh, yeah. on that idea that because it's a Halloween sequel and Halloween's like the greatest you know, horror slasher ever made that that's why maybe this people are expecting. If so much this out movie of these had been called tunnel guy or yeah, a killer's eyes, eyes of a killer, <laughs> would it be okay? Uh, are we just mad? Cause it's a Halloween movie. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it wouldn't work if it was just some random, I like if you, if you introduce the Corey element into it, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. What if this was a Hellraiser it's just the thing? The babysitter murders. No, and it was the Adventures of Corey, right? And then they were like, "Let's make this a Halloween movie, Pinhead style." And they're like, "Oh, we'll just fucking shoehorn it in." Like this, this does feel like it could have been another script. I don't think that's the but case, but it, it has those hallmarks. It's the babysitter murders. It's the original mm-hmm. screenplay of Halloween. It's it's you can you guys set it. Jacob set up the whole premise of this podcast mm-hmm. at the top, which is. David Gordon Green loves Halloween. And that is actually what's wrong with this trilogy is that he maybe likes it, it too much where and he, he gets likes, so in his head. Yeah. He flips stuff around and he goes like Halloween, you know, the babysitter murders. What if the babysitter committed the murder? It was wrong. He was wrongfully this, but you know, it twists him. Society twists him like Michael. You know, you can just see yeah. it. In the right yeah, yeah. He's yeah. trying to hold overthink on, on. it. Yes, and exactly. I think a lot of, I mean, I think Rob Zombie did the same thing, but it's like, yes, you know, John Carpenter has always said in interviews and I love John Carpenter interviews because he's just so mm-hmm. kind of matter of fact and frank about how he no feels bullshit. about things. Um, but he's just like, yeah, He's just like a blank slate, essentially. Like he's like the of pure evil. There's no explanation. Don't try to explain why the way he is the way he is, which is what so many sequels are trying to do. I I respect, you know, looking at it in a different way and trying, you know, trying to explain. That's not what John Carpenter wanted to do. That's fine. Um, there's different angles to it. I think David Gordon Green is a huge John Carpenter fanboy, obviously, with yes. all the the homages. Uh, and I was reading, like, he actually sent a, a copy of the script to John Carpenter and was like, Hey, do you think this is like too Christine and John Carpenter probably looking up from his playing destiny on Xbox and is like, 
uh, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Seems fine He's aware of it. David Gordon Green is yeah. aware of that comment. Oh, yeah. I think it's a wow. deliberate homage, not just to Halloween, but to John Carpenter's larger body of work. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So All right, maybe I like this. Who who I, did it? Yeah. Is it uh is it Snake Pliskin? You know? Uh, is it yeah, Corey or is it I Michael? Don't know. Right. Um, and of course we have the season of the witch. Uh we didn't mention the titles being yes. blue. And then there's you know, I sent this image in our, our group yes. chat of of how the titles match up to the three the first three Halloweens matching up with these trilogies. Yeah. Cool. And I keyed Halloween, in on Halloween that kills Halloween from the first two and I was pleased that they continued it. And I they, their titles kill it. It does feel like the original movie. Um yeah. But yeah. he nailed certain aesthetic uh points of this movie. I think he did really well. I think Colin nailed it down though when he was saying, you know, like John Carpenter and these guys, it's like he's just or, you know, just evil. He's just evil. There's no explanation. And everybody since has overthought it, including David Gordon Green. Everybody exactly. since has just overthought it. And that's why he even didn't like the sequel that much. He's like, John Carpenter himself is like, I don't know. I was kind of drunk and shit. I don't know. We just fucking <laughs> wrote it. But I don't like I it. I disagree with you, John. Yeah. But what Mike, and I want Everyone both your opinion, but yeah. how do you feel then of the final lines of this movie are a voiceover from Laurie finishing her book saying... He wasn't the boogeyman. He wasn't pure evil. He was just an old man, blah, blah, blah. He was physical and he's gone now. I think it's it's a different take and I think it's okay to want to try to explore why he is the way he is. Um, I want to just talk a little bit about John Carpenter's. So mm. what John, the era when John Carpenter was making movies like the 80s, um, there's mm -hmm. been a lot of talk about recent horror movies elevated horror you know like a24 hereditary that kind of thing mm -hmm. um they're so more kind of blatant about subtext and like what they're actually about and someone actually asked john carpenter about elevated horror and he's like i i don't know what that means first of all uh and they kind of explain it to him he's like <laughs> you know i just like good horror movies like you know movies are of course have subtext and are about things but john carpenter's movies he the 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 movie itself should never be outpaced by the the deeper meaning. You know, like if it's not entertaining, if the plot's not good, it doesn't matter what the subtext or what the themes mm, are. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I think modern a lot of modern horror, which I like a lot of modern horror, are so kind of didactic in like what they're about. It's like this is what it's about. It's like it leaves no room for like interpretation for the the viewer themselves. Um, right, right. So it's that's kind of just there. a larger discussion, but yeah putting the cart before the horse almost like people are still making YouTube videos of who killed who in the thing. Right. Cause there's still so much to figure yes. out with a movie like that or discussing the right. original Halloween. Yeah. And to the grounded point of now, when we have our Nope conversation, none of us is yep. arguing what we think the film is about. Like Jacob's saying, it's pretty apparent. Really the yeah. conversation you're having with yourself is how far was it pushed? How much imagery, how much symbolism, how much thought is that creator putting into it? Whereas something with like the escape from New York, it's like John Carpenter hates the government and thinks yeah. that we're moving towards fascism. But that's not what that live. movie's about. That movie's about Snake Plissken on an adventure. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, yeah, that's what movies like, should be. John Carpenter grew up watching... 50s sci-fi and westerns and it's like yes. a good story is always more important than the deeper themes so he th he was very workmanlike in that house, way and that's how house. he made his movies um nope i think is a great example because it's a movie that is about something but it doesn't sacrifice the being a good movie 
for that. Mm-hmm. If you look at something like um, Men, you know, the, Al- the Alex Garland sure. movie Men, that's so didactic of like, this is what this movie is about. And I'm not saying consuming himself. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just become that. And I like Alex Garland a lot too. So it's just hard to, you know, critique him too much. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Can theme supersede the narrative to a degree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then meanwhile, you think about Halloween original and he's standing, got a guy standing next to a bush in Pasadena, guy smoking a cigarette right next to the camera and it blows. It's like, we don't fuck it. This guy's, he's evil. They've got a a bag of leaves they painted brown, Mike, because they're filming it in California. They have to keep blowing. And they have to pick them up after every take. (laughs) To use them again. And Carpenter understands what makes an enjoyable, what makes a good movie. He doesn't try to overthink everything. And I think I like movies that are a little more open-ended about what they're about and allows interpretation for the viewer, allows something to chew on after the movie's over. Be like, hmm, and think about it, you know? Yes. Not a ton to chew on with at least Halloween ends, I'd say, at this point, then, if we're going to bring it back around. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Entertaining enough, like Colin said, though, the only good timeline, Halloween 1978, season of the week, and stop. (laughs) (laughs) Those are two separate timelines, actually. So, yeah, just 78, period, done. Over now. Yeah, it's almost John Carpenter's fault. If the if Donald Pleasance had looked down and the body was there, none of this would happen, right? Mm-hmm. Dang, maybe. That's they, true. I think yeah. Due to the popularity, they just would have been like, "Oh, but he survived, and now he's still doing stuff." You don't think it would have just been three immediately, just right into these anthologies or whatever? Hey, I'm just going to do a different one. Yeah, it's possible, but I think he was so it was so popular once it came out that people wanted more Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm I, with Mike. I want the next ones because let's ask what what is a Halloween movie after this? I guess I would want it to be an anthology. My favorite part of this entire movie, I'll be honest with you guys, that opening Blumhouse title mm-hmm. that they have revamped, I thought, about I thought that. was awesome, Mike. Yeah. It it stunned me and scared me. The fact that they are calling their shot to be like yeah, we're the studio that brought you Get Out, Jordan Peele's first movie. We're huge. We'll include some of that. We'll include Michael Myers. We'll have the fucking Purge girls like walking around. Because if you look, yeah. that series has made a billion dollars. And I guarantee well, those movies are made for like $2 million. Right. Them, so. so just I, to say, Blumhouse yeah. of it all. That's awesome. I wanted this movie to end with it saying Halloween ends and then – Freddie and Jason style, you know, we're we're seeing the claw and, and Jason goes to hell. I wanted like to leave it more open. Friday the thirteenth rises. No, I wanted uh, Blumhouse to call their next shot, dude. Uh, but Jason What's our lives. Next big Halloween thing we're ends, getting. Jason yeah, exactly. Well, they did, like, uh, <laughs> True. You know, they had that uh uh Nightmare on Elm Street remake with uh Jackie Earl ha- Jackie Earl Haley. Uh yeah, I think they could do with other uh franchises. But you're mentioning you're talking about Blumhouse. Yeah. Uh, that I wanted to circle back really quick because Blumhouse, it's interesting if you compare Blumhouse to, uh, you know, like A24, similar markets at times with the horror market, but going for very different audiences where mm-hmm. Blumhouse is like, doesn't care like if something's lowbrow, like they'll take any cheap horror movie and distribute it if, it, you know, if they think they can make money and um, never sex though. Always just violence. Mm. They're very, these Halloween movies are rated R, but there's no nudity in it like the first Halloween movie. They usually lean towards the PG 13, make that cash. You know, they they know how to make a, yeah. Yeah. They know how to make a, you and I are huge uh, fans of uh, Happy Death Day. I I love a Blumhouse horror movie original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. It's just part of, that's part of a larger conversation about this elevated horror, which I don't like that. T- like what what is A24's like take on Michael Myers, you know, versus yeah. this kind of yeah. thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. He brings you to a midsummer. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of Michaels. You're right. Well, we've already got the them. Texas Chainsaw, A24 Texas Chainsaw, right? With X and uh, those yes. movies. Which right. Seen. Yes. That's right. Yeah. I've only seen X, need to see Pearl. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if Halloween ends, will they buy up licenses? I could see, because again, I said at the very top of this, it seems like the franchise that was in the strongest position pop culturally of the big classics. But now, if it's over, yeah. All right, well, there you go. Well, Mike. I was reading an article before this, like I said, where they were talking, it was Jason Blum, and he was saying, well, we don't, I don't know about the future of, the, of Halloween, but this, this is the end of Halloween. You know, really released from Blumhouse, so it's we the had end a three-picture deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm Mike, sure they'll make do you more know? Do you know David Gordon Green's next venture, Mike? I don't know. What this is kind of maybe the next then of what it is. He's doing a legacy sequel for Exorcist. He's gonna bring back the original oh, cast right. and make a new Exorcist movie for Blumhouse. So he's Isn't just doing this now. But like wow. I said, he's, his career in the last couple of years is so weird. Like he made this movie. Our brand is crisis. Has anyone seen that? No. Of course oh, not. he made that. I've seen yeah. Prince Avalanche. I know what Prince that is. Prince Avalanche. Yeah. Uh, Joe Manglehorn. I have seen Joe. Goat. Oh, I have not Stronger. seen. Stronger. Dude, I like, hate What are these Gino. movies? So you know I have not seen Manglehorn. I've seen Stronger because you know I love Shino. You know I love Tatiana. Hmm. I have not even heard of this movie. So It's a Boston Bomber it movie. It's the, uh, it's the saddest. The only it's just, link. Yeah. Well, I mean, that comedy career, the, you know, I always have felt. You know, comedy and horror, kind of the same genre. They're set up, payoff, at least timing-wise. Like, to know how to direct a joke, you know how to direct a scare. You know, tension, right. build-up, payoff, that whole thing. So that that skill set transfers over. But he does seem to have, like, a wide uh, spectrum of genres and stuff that he's dealing with. So Can't pin him down. Can't pin him Jack down. Jack of all trades, master no. of none, did not master this trilogy. But, boy, we had fun. Uh, Halloween yeah. makes me want to be rhyming, I guess. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're doing the leprechaun movies after <laughs> Focus and Pocus or something. No. Just helps um, me focus. Mike, I am upset we're not going to be able to talk Halloween again on this podcast for a while because I have to assume it's just not going to be quick. No, no. I think it's going to be at least, you know, three to five years probably before we get another one of these. I would hope it's a period piece. I would guess just make <laughs> I have a pitch. Movies like Halloween too. I would like to just see sequels of Halloween, I guess. What's your pitch? So I had a pitch um, of Halloween. You just have an idea of evil popping up somewhere in the world. So I want to do Tokyo, right? Halloween night. Everybody's in a very crowded area. The police can't even track you because it's so fucking crowded and subways and, you know, whatever. There's an evil curse. You get a butcher knife and then Halloween in the streets of Tokyo where the population density is too much to even... How do we track this person down? A very different kind of thing than a sleepy small town. Not exactly right. Jason takes Manhattan, but something like that. Just that's the evil in a different place. That's an interesting idea, Mike, if they did it on Halloween in, in like Tokyo, because I've been in Tokyo on Halloween and it's fucking crazy, man. Like, yeah. Imagine how streets. hard it would be to track somebody down running around with a knife, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. So take it. Yeah. Don't have to call it Michael Myers, but evil infects yeah. someone like, cause that's what makes Michael scary. What if someone just decided I'm going to murder for no reason that can happen right. in any neighborhood. I mean, isn't that's that what, what the original scary, right? In your neighborhood. This and that's what the copycats, you know, that's what Jason is. That's what 
Freddy's a little more complex. Strangers where he's telling your riddles or something and calling he's you telling bitch. you riddles. But Michael says, God, "Yeah, this guy appears in my dreams. He tells me riddles." <laughs> yeah, but in your sleepy town, evil could just show up at any time, right? And it's like, yeah, the domestic. I guess next year for Spooktober next year, we'll have to watch all the Friday Thirteenth or something and try another franchise. Yeah, I mean, you guys did Texas two. Chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. So Hellraiser, we did. So any yeah. uh, any leads on what we're gonna Cow's be tackling? Play. Here we come. Yeah, right. Jeez, I almost started Puppet Master the other day. I still got to finish my Halloween. Please don't, Mike. I'm worried about. <laughs> Never you. seen him. Never seen him. Anyway, uh, any leads don't. on what we might be tackling next week? Or are we gonna keep it secret? Keep it safe. Let's keep it secret because I'm still like not it. sure yet. But it is gonna be my spooktacular pick. Um, and then once we'll again, be great. do the Halloween special spooktacular. We'll do our huge spooktacular where we've kind of been talking about in the in the what you sort of way as we do on these podcasts mm-hmm. what we've been consuming all Halloween season long. Mm-hmm. But go back and check out our other spooktacular episodes. Not even just these ones. Go back. Go back. We've got an awesome found footage episode, Evil Dead. Uh, I mean, just countless werewolves. We, yeah. We've talked a lot of spooky stuff on this podcast before. Yep. Yeah. Zombies, all that, and uh, inside for spooky season. So uh, we've been doing the 31 spooky movies challenge, too. So if, yes. if y'all at home yep. have been doing that, send your lists. I'm or doing that as well. Get them together. Happy Halloween, That's everybody. Right. <laughs> all right. Host it out. Yeah, um, hit up at uh, normies underscore like underscore us, all that stuff, just like Mike said. Uh, but otherwise, we have been your hosts. This is, I just want to use like quotes from the old ones that I like. I'm mm-hmm. I'm Colin, but I'm the sheriff who says, oh, they stole a butcher knife and a mask. Must have been kids. <laughs> <laughs> he ate a dog. I'm Michael Myers. <laughs> he ate a dog. <laughs> and this is Jacob dies tonight. <gasps> Jacob dies, dies tonight. tonight. I looked in his eyes and I saw the most evil eyes I've ever seen. (laughs) Devilishly (laughs) handsome. Couldn't resist. Cross-eyed idiot. (laughs) Oh, man. Bye. Star-cross-eyed lovers. Bye. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.